Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Notifer Jesco, and I am joined, as always, as I have been for nearly a year now, by my grandpa Husker Dan from Husker Max, the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing on this January 8th, this fine Sunday before I get to go back to school here, and uh, a day before (laughs) our one-year anniversary? Uh, As I said last week, this is not going to be our one-year anniversary podcast. We're going to do that next week and just kind of make it special and try to figure out some other stuff for that. But uh, still goes without saying, Grandpa, how are you doing? Great, great, great. I'm just... You know, we, you and I talked last time about that. Uh, I love the bowl season because there's so many games on, and and I hear people saying, oh, "I don't know why there are too many bowl." There are never too many bowl. Well, okay, there might be some earlier bowls that that should not be played, but for the most part, I love them. I, I watch. That's the time if you're really a college football fan, you you watch a. East Texas State versus Maryland Tech or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> It's football, and you're about so. But the but the bad part about bowl games is that now tomorrow night we're doing this on Sunday night the the eighth. Uh, yeah. So this will be out tonight. Should be out the day before, yeah. so you guys can listen to it all before the national championship game, which we'll get to talk to. But yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, and then that's tomorrow night is the end of the the bowl college football, and I I I, I don't like that. I I I love it and. Uh, can't wait. Not not the countdown of you know three hundred days until. The- yeah, I know exactly, and it doesn't feel like it's that like it like three hundred days like when when you first get like in in a week or so when it's when we well, all those websites start putting out like oh this many days until college football season next year and like oh what can we learn or whatever or something like that it's always like oh my gosh it's two hundred and what two hundred seventy something days before then oh my gosh yeah. I'm never gonna be able to make it. And then you just get through the summer. You start looking at recruiting all that stuff. And you're like, Oh, it's already beginning of August. So, oh, okay, here we go. We got fall <laughs> camp and everything is just, it'll get here before we know it, but uh, it does, it does suck right now. I, but, uh, uh, I, I had uh, Friday, I went to Elkhorn, Nebraska, which is just a, it's just a, an extension of Omaha. And I, there was a, an art show there uh, was in the uh, Ashley Spitznagel is a, official artist for Nebraska athletics. And she's done several uh, paintings and they're really neat. Um, she did one of John Cook and the volleyball uh, team uh, actually was just on the court there. And she's done one uh, uh, of uh, Eric Crouch and the three Heisman trophy winners. And then she did one. And this was the reason for the art show on Friday night was about the, uh, about Johnny Rogers 72 yard punt return in the 71 game of the century. And, and uh, I went out there and, uh, and I visited a little bit with Johnny. It was, it was kind of uh, busy there. And so, uh, but it was, it was, it was neat uh, uh, visiting with Johnny and uh, being a part of that night. And uh, I'm, my column will have a picture or a couple of pictures of, of that event. Uh, so um, if you, if you'd like to, you can buy these prints. I think probably the, the original is going to be up to uh, priced by a lot of people. So, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, but you can get, I, I don't know what the, uh, what the prints are. I, they're not cheap either, but they're really neat. And I could see somebody having that and uh, his den or his Husker room and, uh, but Johnny was Johnny was Johnny. He's always he's always upbeat. We talked a little bit about 
um, Matt Rule and that kind of thing. And but, but you know, not not an in depth discussion. But we had a nice time. It was it was it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. And I, you sent me a picture of you with him uh, yeah. in front of the painting. The painting looks really cool. So I, yeah. I mean, it, it, as you said, probably somewhat upper uh, in price wise uh, for the prints. Um, but I mean, if I had the money to spend on it, I definitely, oh, yeah. Would. but, uh, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Let's get into, uh, some upfront news real quick. We just wanted to touch on a few things Husker related before we get into national championship, New Year's bowl game stuff, which unfortunately are not Husker related, uh, as they <laughs> would be in the nineties, but not, not in the 2020s. Uh, anyway, well, we're going to start with Husker volleyball. They had their recruiting class, their 2024 recruiting class you know explain that to me how that football when they sign in december is the 23 class so but then volleyball which plays a similar schedule or time-wise uh you know calendar-wise this is this is a part of their 24 uh recruiting class and i don't i don't completely understand that and it was ranked by what prep volleyball uh, as the number one ranked yeah. class in the country, so I, I was I, I have to find that out. I, I, oh, I, I think so. They did have the 2023 class did commit. I don't know if there was some in the article that you're reading. They had a typo or something like that. But they have um, this is their 2024 class that they had li- that they've listed that you have on my script right. here. Um, right. I just pulled up their 2023 class, right, which they just signed this year um on wednesday of this past week uh, i don't think so <laughs> uh well oh yeah you uh hold on yeah that's that's last year's class we talked about that um i think in one of our podcasts last year huh that's weird so uh, no because i i know they just had the 20 the uh under armor all-american game uh for volleyball or whatever i i watched some of that but not that much really because i wasn't yeah. interested in i didn't know who to watch um, but I don't, I, I think this is, this article is from, oh, you're right. This article is from November of this right. year. Right. That's right. weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that works. I, <laughs> I would need to research that a little bit more. I didn't even they, see that. It just glossed over my head of. There's only three players on, and I was thinking, you know, they had. Maybe it's that they have the number one ready class right now for 2024. I don't know. But how would you know based on, I mean, that thing could change. I, I'm sorry I didn't uh, find out the more definitive. But let's go, let's just go through some of the players they have. Skylar Pierce, who's a six foot two outside hitter from Michigan. She's He's rated the second best uh, prospect in the country. Um, we got Aiden Ames. Uh, she's number 14th ranked player. Six four outside blocker from Prosperous. Prosper, Texas. And uh, and then the last one, at least it's in that I found, is Olivia Mock. And she's uh, 5'6 libero from Bennington right here. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, had, they had three players from Waverly, Nebraska. They've had them from Papillion, which is just part of the Omaha metro area. And yeah. to get that kind of local talent is just amazing. And then and then uh, I just read that Maddie Kubik, and it's hard for me to say former Husker volleyball player because she's been there for so long and yeah, an integral part of that program. She just signed a pro contract. 
I, I probably butchered the name of the team. <laughs> I was going to say, I wasn't going to try this. <laughs> it's so, we'll just say it's a, it's a uh, Puerto Rican team from San Juan. Yeah, uh, you, not, you, you can look up what the team actually name it actually is. If you really care that much to see the uh, Puerto Rican or whatever Spanish, I don't, I, for, I forget what they speak in Puerto yeah, Rico, but anyway, um, she signed a, well, she signed a pro contract with them. So that's really she, good. Yeah. Her. She's going to start getting paid uh, to, to play. And that's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, and then you want to talk about the two new Husker assistants football? Yes, and I think we need to do – maybe in two weeks we'll do an entire show just yeah. on this where we just research yeah. this Husker coaching staff yeah. and just talk yeah. about it. Uh, but he filled his final two slots that he has. Matt Rule filled the final two slots. Uh, his linebackers coach is Rob Dvorak, I believe, uh, is, yeah. is his name. Um, I feel like I've heard that name before, but I could just be getting it messed up with something else. Anyway, he played for Matt Rule at Temple – uh, when Matt Rule was there in the late 2000s, early 2000s, late 2000s. I forget when he was there specifically. And then his wide receivers coach is Garrett McGuire, who was the backup quarterback when uh, Matt Rule was at Baylor. Garrett is only – he's only 24 he's years old right years now. He's seven years older than you. <laughs> I know. And he had – and all, and both these guys had a position in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers. Right. So. Garrett McGuire is clearly a good coach on the like yeah, coach yeah. on the rise. Someone that you want in here. Matt Rule's not an idiot. If you're 24 and you're coaching, that is a huge accomplishment. Like Sean McVay was 33 when he had an NFL job, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's so young. 24 yeah. and you have a major role in like he's like I think Brian Buschini's older than him because because uh, of how it worked out with how <laughs> with Brian Buschini being a sophomore, but he's still. Like he's like twenty seven or something. I don't know, but like, amazing. That's that's insane. Uh, so <laughs> I can't wait to see with this wide receiver. I mean, he got, he's got a lot of talent to work with, but uh, I you could you can screw up anything. So we'll see how he does. Uh, and same with Rob Dvorak. But we'll we'll talk about them in depth and do a little bit more research on that entire coaching staff in two weeks here. Uh, and yeah, that's all. Anything you got on these two guys, Grandpa? I mean, you, you no. just have some quick notes, but yeah. I, I think that uh, we'll we'll do a more in depth uh, review of uh, of all the assistant coaches and the 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 weight training uh, new hire and yeah, the rest of the stuff we probably won't get into, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, you know. And then you and I were talking about we we did we put this on last Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was before yes. New Year's Day. Yes, football games, which is actually on the second of January. Yeah, but the, I got I have to say that they maybe one of the most exciting games, and there are many of those, but I don't think any of them was any more exciting and improbable than Tulane's win over Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl, and and it isn't that they. You know, Caleb Williams was uh, you know walking around in a boot. He was seemed to be a hundred percent. Had a great game statistically, but that Tulane was able to beat them, I think is, I, I I'd be almost shocked. How about you? What what are your feelings? I well, I was watching that game, and when Tulane went down, they were down by two scores multiple times in the game, and every single time they were down by two scores, I was just thinking in my head, okay, they're done. Like it was just yeah. like here's what they they kind of been they've hung with them for a little bit. Now USC is going to pull away. Right. And then USC's defense let them score a 77 yard touchdown. That Tulane had so many big plays for touchdowns or otherwise that it was just like USC, you can't, like, you cannot expect to win a bowl game against a team that's as solid as like Tulane's not a great team. 
but they're solid and can beat you. There's a reason that they're that they're in a New Year's Six Bowl as the only Group of Five team. They are the highest ranked out of the Group of Five teams. They played right. well. They beat Kansas State, um, and so I mean, US. This has been USC's problem this entire year. That's why they lost to Utah. Uh, both those times, their defense couldn't hold up anything. Uh, it, it was just like a dam with a bunch of holes in it. There was like someone was like, "Hey, there, no one, no one said, hey, there's a design flaw in that." It was just like, "Oh, just leave it." Uh, and then Lane, our, our offense will score points. Don't worry about it. And then it didn't happen. And uh, that Tulane just wanted it more, I think. Which is honestly in bowl games, that's what it kind of comes down to. Uh, not the playoff one. That's different. Both because both yeah. teams want it. That's an actual matchup thing. But. When you have, like, for example, uh, you and I both picked Illinois against um, Mississippi State. I had forgotten, not forgotten completely, but I had forgotten that this was Mississippi State's first game since Mike Leach had died. And they ended up winning that game in really scrappy fashion. And it it, it, kind of funny end of the game where they were only up by three. And then Illinois has this whole lateral play and it looks like it's going to work. And then they end up fumbling the ball and Mississippi State returns it for a touchdown. So the final score ends up being 19 to 10. And uh, I looked, I was like, oh, I wonder if that messed up anyone's bet. And the line <laughs> for the the line for the game was three and a half. Wow. And so that final touchdown, if you had the over, <laughs> sorry, if you had sorry, if you had if you had uh Illinois at minus at plus three and a half, I think I forget who was favorite. But anyway, if you had Illinois uh that final touchdown, you lost all your money. In the last, like the the time was expired by the time that, <laughs> like for at least five seconds by the time that touchdown's been scored. So, anyway, but yeah, what what else do you want to say about the Cotton Bowl? Well, uh, Tulane scored thirty two second half points. You know, which yeah, uh, in, in the final, and you can't you can't was, expect to win a game and give out that many points in the second yeah, half. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I was happy for Tulane. I, yeah, I me as well. Dog in that fight. Uh, I don't care about Caleb Williams being the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, last year in the end of the 21 season, the Rose bowl game with Utah and Ohio state was just a game for the ages. It was incredible. This one, this year, not so much. Um, you know, it was a disappointment unless you're a Penn state fan, but uh, (laughs) yeah, but you know, just two years in a row, Utah loses their, What's his name? Rising is it? Is Cameron uh, Cam Rising? Yeah. Um, he's a he's a great player, and he got out of the game t- two years in a row, and they lost both times. So yeah, the first one, the one against Ohio State, was just a it, it was just like a belligerent targeting. Like the the guy just basically speared him. Yeah. Which is like it's it, it was a clear targeting penalty. This one was just like you saw it happen on live, and you're like that doesn't look good. And then he got up, and you're like, oh, maybe he's fine. Because his like knee just didn't yeah. move when he cut, right. uh, and so and they'd had a knee brace on it or something. I don't know. I just felt bad for him because yeah. I feel like Utah kind of had a chance. Still, it was yeah. a closer game then, and then Penn State kind of ran away with it because the uh, backup quarterback threw two interceptions or whatever. I, it was it was it got ugly after I turned it off um, after that because there was no chance. But um, so yeah. tomorrow night we have Georgia versus. Texas Christian University. Who would have thought back in like August? You know, yeah, that's going to – I could see Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I could mean, see Georgia. I think I, I think the majority of people would have picked Georgia to be in this game. Yeah, but TCU and and uh, and I love Max. Max is just, you know, yeah. Central across the river from Omaha and followed his career in high school. And uh, 
wish the heck Nebraska could have got him, but he's probably a lot better off where he, considering what the uh, the fare of the football program in the last five years. Um, but you just don't, we're, we're going to go through a bunch of figures or stats, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, but, and if you want to write off TCU, do it at your own peril. Yeah. Because I, I would have said the same thing going into the semifinal game between TCU and Michigan. I would have said the same thing. Michigan's going to beat them. They'll wear them out in the second half. They have more depth. They play the tougher schedule, whatever. And I, I see that this way as well. What was, what was the spread in that game? Do you remember? I feel like it was around 10 and a half, something like that. Well, this for is 12 Michigan. and a half. Or uh, sorry, for, for the Michigan game? No, no, this game. The, the oh, yeah. TCU. Yeah, this game, this game I, I checked it um, maybe a few days ago, and you also have it here, uh, Georgia's favored by 12 and a half. Yeah. It was 14 when uh, it first came out. So uh, take that for what you will. People have been betting on TCU. Uh, enough to drop the point spread to 12 and yeah. a half from four. Yeah, I yeah. believe it was 14 and a half when they first announced it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, this TCU team, they've been underestimated all year. Right. Uh, as you said, no one would have predicted them to be in this spot. No. Uh, first year, co- first year coach with Sonny Dykes coming from SMU. Uh, TCU was given a lower percentage than Nebraska to make the national championship game. <laughs> so they would have had to had basically zero <laughs> so I, I mean this tcu team has just fought and scrapped for every single inch of ground uh they killed an oklahoma team that we thought was good at the time who yeah. was fine uh ended up being fine but we thought they were a lot better um they came back and beat a good kansas state team they probably should have beaten kansas state in the big 12 championship game if they just give the ball to max duggan yeah. once yeah, uh, and yeah. Sonny Dykes admitted after the game, he was like, yeah, we would have done it differently. So he, he was like, yeah, we were wrong about that. We should have given him the ball at least one of those three tries. So, uh, but just there is TCU's defense stepped up last time. And then their offense kind of held them off, uh, just kept scoring. And you had, there was the one drive, uh, the, after the, the 76 yard, um, uh, reception touchdown to, uh, Quentin Johnson, the TCU's best receiver, uh, when, Michigan just had scored and then it stopped TCU and then it scored again uh, in early fourth quarter, I want to say. And then Max Duggan finds a little crosser to uh, Quentin Johnson and he just takes it to the house 76 yards after one missed tackle. And then TCU never really was challenged. Then it was, it was going to be a task for Michigan. I mean, Michigan had the ball with, like a minute 20 left in the game on their side of the field, they get to fourth down and then you have the botch snap. I think if they get that first down, it's a momentum swing, but I still think it's a quite an uphill task to score, to score another touchdown. Yeah. Cause they couldn't, they couldn't add a field goal. It had to go the entire way and the way TCU's defense was playing. Uh, they were tired, but they still, it wasn't like it was bend, but don't break. Right. Uh, and this game, this national championship game is going to be d- interesting because if Georgia plays the way they did against Ohio state, which was, in all honesty, I mean, in Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart was like, yeah, we didn't play well. 
Uh, and which is a blessing that you can say that, Hey, we didn't play well yeah. in his national semifinal game and still win. To be fair. Uh, I feel really bad for Noah Ruggles, the Ohio state kicker, just missing right. that he didn't, it, it wasn't even close. Um, and it didn't get tipped or anything. He just missed it. That's like yeah. the worst thing that you can uh, wish upon somebody, uh, in, in college football, uh, at least, at least the worst thing you could wish upon a kicker. But uh, Kirby Smart has been on Georgia this entire week. I mean, I don't know that, but I don't have to. I don't have to know that. I can, I can pretty assuredly guess that he's been on them about you're playing defense the entire time. Like we're getting back to what we did. We did not play well against Ohio State. We're not letting it happen. You want to go right. back to back. Stetson Bennett still clearly wants it. He's still he was still getting undervalued this year. Yeah. So which is shocking to me. He is one of the best quarterbacks yeah. in college football. He is one of the best quarterbacks from Georgia period. Yeah. There's no, there's no, I mean, AJ, not AJ McCarron. Uh, there were, there've been so many quarterbacks that I've seen play at Georgia that I've read about playing at Georgia. Um, I've watched old film of playing at Georgia, that kind of stuff. And he just so he surpasses them by so much that it's surprising to me that he's taken this long to get the respect that he deserves. Uh, he can run. He doesn't, his stats aren't like he, this year. He's had, uh, 54 rushes for 166 yards and eight touchdowns. He doesn't run the ball a lot, but when he needs to, he's fast. Oh, yeah. uh, he's thrown for, uh, oh, you don't have his yards here. Anyway. Yeah, I do. He threw, yeah they're there. Oh, I didn't look. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, he threw he, he's for. On a number five, Stetson Bennett's uh, stats. Uh, passing 429 attempts, 292 completions, 68.1%. Uh, completion rate, uh, 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I guess I didn't have the yardage. What well, you have the total offense broken down, and it's yeah. 4,102 4, uh, passing yards, which right, I right, assume is right, mostly right. him. So uh, around 4,000 passing yards, not 4,000, probably like three, three and a half thousand. I don't know specifically. Anyway, uh, on the season for Stetson Bennett, and uh, w- he had six interceptions coming into that Ohio State game. He threw one bad interception right. against them. Uh, but TCU returned two interceptions for pick sixes against yeah. Michigan. So you, you got to be careful. Uh, and it, one of them was just like a great read on the ball, and then there's no one there. The other one was a legit pick six. Uh, where it was intercepted, he had to beat some guys, he had to get some blocking, and then he scored the touchdown. To be fair, it was at like Michigan's 10, 15 yard line, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you were just an average fan and you look at the signature wins for each of these teams, it seems clear who would win yeah. uh, in this game. Signature wins for Georgia. Week one against Oregon, Oregon ended up being good. They did not look good in week one. They uh, Georgia beat them 49 to 3. Yep. Uh, Oregon ended up finishing 10 and four and winning the holiday bowl on a doing extra point. Uh, they beat Tennessee. Sorry, not Oregon. Uh, Georgia beat Tennessee when Tennessee was number one and Georgia was number three. Right. Uh, this was Tennessee still undefeated still with Hendon hooker. Uh, they beat them 27 to 13 sacked Hendon hooker, I believe six times. Uh, and that's, that's impressive in itself. Tennessee ends up going and wins the orange bowl this year in dominating fashion against Clemson. Uh, and then that Ohio State game. Uh, Ohio State, yeah. obviously, uh, probably who whoever won that Ohio State Michigan matchup would probably have won the Big Ten East. Uh, sorry, they would have won the Big Ten East. I meant to say whoever won that would have probably won the Big Ten altogether, uh, which is basically how the Big Ten turns out every single year. Anyway, uh, but yeah, and then TCU, you got Kansas State 
during the regular season, 38-28. They came back. They were down eight, I believe, at halftime, something like that. No, maybe maybe more than that. Uh, and Kansas State ends up finishing ten and four, Big Twelve champions, and losing to Alabama. They kind of got killed, but uh, it's it's Alabama. Uh, and then they beat eight and five. TCU beat eight and five. Texas seventeen to ten. Texas lost in the Texas Bowl or something. I forget what bowl they played in. And then that Michigan game, which uh, the Michigan game proves to me more than anything else why TCU can win this game. Right. Exactly. You put yeah. the you you get them you give them an underdog status, and they will use that. It's it's mind boggling to me. TCU has been down so many times this year and just gotten right back up and won this game. Kansas State game, uh, I believe they were down for a bit in the Texas game. They were down against Baylor. They looked like they weren't going to beat Baylor, and then they rushed their field. No timeouts. You bring your uh, field goal unit on with eight seconds left and kick the field goal as time expires, if you waste two seconds during that entire process, right. uh, you lose the game. And uh, apparently they had been, they had practiced that transition during, they just practiced it the entire year during practice. Right. Um, and so it finally paid off for them and it ended up being, it, and that was also the, uh, the same time frame of games, I think as the Michigan uh, game winning kick against Illinois. So you had, you had two of those, but anyway, uh, TCU ended up winning the, meeting of those two but what do you what do you have to say about this game i've been talking for a little bit here but well, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this game you know i think you said it uh you summed it up really well just the the uh, tcu beating michigan gives tcu every bit of a chance to beat an upset georgia and it would be an upset michigan going into that game with tcu was allowing just uh, under 16 points a game and uh and yet, uh, look what happened. I mean, TCU is uh, – uh, they, they they beat Michigan. I, I never thought that was going to happen. So you look at the stats for Georgia, and they're they're scoring at just under 40 points a, points a game, and then they, they're allowing – I mean, that's amazing, 14.8 points per game. So – they have a really good defense, and but that doesn't seem to phase Mr. Max Duggan. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. I don't think he gives a rat's patootie what the odds are. He's going to go in there and play his guts out, and he will, and that's what I expect uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, yes, and this TCU team also has endurance, too. People have been like, oh, they don't play a tough schedule. Uh, look at TCU's last two games uh, against Kansas State and Michigan – the game t- for how long those games lasted compared to Georgia's last two game times, uh, the SEC championship game against LSU and then that Ohio State game. Uh, Georgia, the LSU game and the uh, SEC championship game, 80 points were scored, but it took uh, three hours and 45 minutes to complete the game. Ohio State game, three hours and 40 minutes. TCU. About four hours for that Kansas State game. That, to be fair, that did go into overtime, but it just was single overtime. And then that Michigan game was almost five hours, and it was played in regulation. Just because how many points were scored and how fast it was, and the drives and just the the clock stopping all the time. But still, you're on that field. Their defense only allowed forty five points in five hours, which I. I that's that's pretty impressive. People will be quick. If you talk to anyone about this game, they'll be like, well, TCU's defense let up 45 points, and they almost let Michigan back into the game. 
if you've been playing defense, it, it, TCU would score so fast that right. if you've been like that, their defense was on the field for so long. Of course, they're going to allow that many points, uh, and it just was a factor of their defense scoring two touchdowns, which won the game for them. So TCU's defense is going to have to step up against Georgia. Uh, Georgia's defense is going to have to step up, honestly, if they want to stop this TCU uh, offense. I feel like this game could go one of two ways. It could either be very close or Georgia could just throttle TCU. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think you're going to see TCU beating Georgia by more than three or four points. If, if at all. Um, But I could see Georgia winning this game by 21, 30, points like it, it that could it could easily get out of hand um and i think tcu's job is in the beginning of the game control the game just control it they need tcu's not good at long sustained drives but they're going to need to put together a few in order to keep this georgia defense on the field tire them out let their own defense rest uh and because that was kind of their kryptonite against michigan that their defense was on the field for so long but uh yeah what do you what do you think about the team comparisons? Uh, time of possession, total defense, that kind of stuff. What what does that what does that stand out? What stands out to you? Well, it goes back. So the time of possession thing goes back to what I was just saying about your defense being on the field. TCU is 39th ranked in all of FBS in time of possession, and Georgia is seventh ranked. So yeah. their defense is off the field a lot. TCU is going to have to flip that script if they want to compete in this game. And total defense is, as well shows you that TCU's defense is really not that good. They got two pick sixes. I'm, I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm not saying that they're amazing. I think they're fine. They're capable of doing things. Uh, we saw their linebacker D winners uh, just absolutely blow up Michigan. Uh, Georgia doesn't have the same run-based offense that Michigan did. And I think that hurt Michigan that they kept trying to run. And then they finally figured they figured out quickly that the run wasn't working super well but they didn't figure out soon enough if they were switched to passing maybe i don't know tcu's cornerbacks are pretty good but uh georgia's defense did not play like the 11th ranked defense with all in all of fbs uh, against ohio state so they have the capability these rankings don't mean right. anything really uh right. you can have a bad game on one side of the ball or the other if they play up if both these teams play up to these rankings, Georgia will easily win this game. Uh, also, special teams, you put that on there as well. Uh, yeah. That was something you and I had talked about way earlier before the season even started about Nebraska, uh, about Georgia is 14-0 and has the 57th ranked special teams. TCU yeah. is 13-1, and has the 13th best ranked special teams in all of FBS. So does special teams really even matter? I don't know. It only matters for kick returns, and TCU hasn't had too many of those, I don't think, so... I don't know, but what are your thoughts on these rankings here that you put out there? Yeah, total offense, they're they're close, Georgia and, and TCU. Georgia's ranked or at number eight in total offense, and TCU's number 13. So they're fairly even, but the real difference is on defense, 11th rank versus 80th. Uh, but I, again, I, Max Duggan doesn't give a rip about any of this stuff. I've, I've never met him, but I, I can just I can just see him. He's he doesn't care. Just give me a chance, and I'll prove you guys wrong. And who do I think is going to win tomorrow night? Um, I want TCU to win. I will for Max Duggan, of course. Uh, same, same. I think that, that the game will be decided. I, I think TCU beats the point spread, but they probably still come up. And, and lose the game. Georgia's been there before. 
Uh, they, they're highly motivated. They can win two in a row. Uh, and, but again, don't just don't, you can't count out max. You just can't do it. Yep. And that's why, and that's why people will watch this game. Not because if you would have looked at this game and been like, Oh, great. Like if, if there was some fluke or something that Michigan just gave the game away to TCU or something like that. Like, and they, and it wasn't that TCU went out and won the game, which is what happened, which right. no one thought was going to happen. Some people thought TCU might have a shot, but they were like, okay, Michigan's going to have to make some mistakes. TCU went out and won this game. Michigan made mistakes, but TCU made them pay for the mistakes. That's the important part. And I mean, this, this game could go, as I said, one of two ways. Uh, and I think it's going to be closer. I think I'm going to agree with you. I want TCU to win. I think Georgia will win this game. I think uh, if I had to say a score right now, uh, I want to say Georgia 45, TCU 40, something along those lines. Yeah. I think it'll be a high-scoring yeah. game just because yeah. both these offenses are prolific. Uh, as, as, as shown by the rankings, Georgia at number 8, TCU at number 13 nationally. Uh, and I think, as I said, TCU, I think beats the point spread, but I think Georgia wins this game. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We'll recap it next week uh, on our one year anniversary podcast, I think. But anything else you got to say about this entire no, I just national can't, championship? I can't wait to, to watch it. So, um, yeah, I got to get all my homework done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're but, off yeah. your three week uh, layoff uh, from school. Yeah. That's, yep, that's and I and I still haven't put together YouTube or Twitter yet, so <laughs> we'll we'll see what I can do. Uh, but I don't Alrighty. have any, any anything going on after school. Anyway, uh, but that is all we have, I believe. Uh, unless yep. you want to say anything else about anything nope. here. All right, uh, perfect. Well, tell your friends. Yeah, exactly. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everyone. As I said, I haven't worked on Twitter or YouTube yet, so we're still only at word of mouth. Uh, so tell, tell everyone about the podcast. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this one. We certainly enjoyed recording this one. We love talking about college football, and we're going to definitely miss it uh, here. I mean, not miss it. We'll still talk about college football, don't worry, but talking about games that happened and watching college football, and I'm sure all of you guys listening will too because you guys are all big college football fans or at least big Nebraska fans. So, uh, yeah, that is all we have. We will talk to you guys next week with our one-year anniversary podcast because our one-year anniversary for this podcast is coming up tomorrow and what a better gift than get to go watch this tcu george games we'll talk to you guys next week go big red as always